Welcome, Welcome to, to the Giorgio Says Podcast. If you love to keep up to date with all the latest pop culture news and celebrity gossip, then this is the podcast for you. Tune in for exclusive interviews, reality TV updates and recaps, and the juiciest gossip around. Now, now please welcome, please your, welcome host, your host, Giorgio Takanakis. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, awesome. I was testing out my mic because I couldn't test it with anyone. So I'm like, I hope. <laughs> yes, yes, it's working. I wish my mic was, my cat ate the cord of my mic. So I don't actually have a mic right now, unfortunately. <laughs> I hope that's okay. I um, I sometimes wish I had a cat just from TikTok because of all the like stuff. I didn't realize they're so human-like in so many ways. Oh. It's actually like, it's kind of scary in a good way. Oh, yeah. They can, like, once they get to know you and, like, there's a vibe, they'll connect and, like, there's full communication. She drives me crazy, but I love her. I'm looking at her right now. That's hilarious. Oh, I see her, too. <laughs> well, I really um, appreciate you doing this. I know we're, well, we're both not feeling 100%. So we're going to carry on with the show as the yes. Kardashians would. Yes. Um, no, I honestly, I wanted to do, because um, I started following your content, like, few months ago you like literally popped up and it was not like anybody else's like intellect when it comes to like the Kardashians and obviously everyone always talks about headline stuff predominantly but you went like a step for like a few steps further and I'm very like I can go down a rabbit hole in terms of like what's really going on Yes, and you were just like hitting all these things on the head for me. And I was just like, Oh my God, I really want to get this girl on this like podcast so we can like do a deep dive. And it kind of worked out perfectly because they just finished the second part reunion last night for their show. Yeah. Um, so I had, I didn't get to watch the full episode, but I did watch most of, I guess what would have been, what everyone wanted to know about in terms of what questions and stuff. But I did watch the first one twice yeah. because I honestly, I kind of was not expecting it to be as interesting. Yeah. So I kind of thought, oh, okay, they're just going to do this. And it's just going to be like, we're not going to hold back yeah. kind of thing. But I was actually pleasantly surprised. But anyways, I'm going to get into introducing you. Yeah. So on um, today's episode of Giorgio's, uh, Giorgio says, um, we have our guest MJ Corey joining us and she has an Instagram and TikTok page called Kardashian Colloquium. Did I like? Yes, that? yes that's <laughs> it. Colloquium with a K, which is that. Yes, for sure. With a K. Um, so we have MJ on. We're just um, going to talk about basically everything Kardashians, but predominantly how they ended the show, the series, you know, what we kind of thought about the reunion. Did we get everything we wanted and kind of what do we see as coming next for them? Um, Cause we know that they're not going away from TV by any means. So I guess I'll start off with just like kind of asking like what intrigued you to kind of start this, this movement on TikTok and Instagram where you're kind of breaking these things down. Yeah. Um, it was a few years ago. I had always peripherally, of course, seen Kim around. Like I first saw her, you know, at Paris Hilton's side in tabloids as like a preteen. And I certainly noticed her because we seemed to share some kind of ethnicity connection. Like I was like, who is that? Is she Middle Eastern too? So I remember Googling her, being curious, having my curiosity satiated. 
and kind of moving on. I wasn't interested when the show happened enough in it. And it was more of the reality TV stigma. I was like, I don't like reality TV. Good for her. She got a show, but I don't really care. Um, when she got with Kanye, I was a little more interested, which I think was true for a lot of people. He kind of like legitimized her in a way um, and then elevated her, as we know. Um, but I still didn't watch the show. It wasn't until just a roommate put it on and I was sort of forced to watch. And then it all hit me like, this is really interesting and multi-layered. This is, I don't know what my expectations were or assumptions were about reality TV and Kim Kardashian, but this is even better and smarter than I expected. So I couldn't watch it at face value. I had to go deeper. That's just how my brain works. It was a projection too on some level. Mm -hmm. um, and I told my sister about it. She was a film studies major and she was like, oh, you got to read Jean Baudrillard. So once I started reading the theory around um, simulation and media theory, and then the Kardashians were just an amazing template to look at those things through. They made it really easy. They still do. I, um, I find it really interesting. So I I remember obviously Kim to your point as Paris's like, you know, sidekick, closet organizer, whatever, yes. um, travel buddy. Mm -hmm. And I remember them getting their own show. And I kind of I didn't understand it at the time, only because also reality TV was kind of new and I didn't understand exactly who this family was outside of like OJ Simpson. Right. With like the infamous, like um, their dad being the lawyer and all that stuff. But outside of that, I didn't really understand. OK, so what is this whole family about? So it was really kind of an interesting ride. And I would say I would probably was like a few seasons in before I started to realize the momentum they were getting. And for what seemingly was not a trashy reality show, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean, like it wasn't like a it wasn't salacious or anything. There was almost like this like beginning, middle and end to every episode where there was yeah. a learning or a lesson that they were kind of, you know, trying to show the audience. Yeah. So it's really kind of interesting. But to your point, there's, there's definitely a strategy behind everything that they do. And I know a lot of people say that, but I think the way that you've broken it down is very much black and white in the sense like, yes, they're theories, but I do believe wholeheartedly that this show, this family, none of that could have lasted yes. as long as it has, if there wasn't media strategy behind it. Yes. You know? Yes. No, a thousand percent. I actually <clears throat> have a TikTok in mind. I want to make eventually about why I think people like my content, not to be totally like Kim Kardashian narcissistic, but I do think that it would be fun to name because I think we all actually, I think that's why people respond well to this stuff. Like we all sense there's more and I don't throw theories out too, um, too loosely. Like I, I tend to keep it tight to the stuff I really believe. And I can think, I think is really applicable or really could be true. Um, and that's why I take it kind of serious as a serious inquiry. Um, but it's very intentional and their mindfulness and their awareness and the way they structure everything they put out there. It certainly has a lot to do with their success. And I am impressed with how cohesive they've been able to stay, especially as sisters, especially because I think there's a fair balance of stage drama, but then real sister drama. And that mm -hmm. can be hard on a family. And For sort sure. of, yeah, and that we saw that in the reunion episode where they're kind of processing their fights and everything. I um I wonder, I was talking to a friend of mine that kind of breaks down this whole like early 2000s, like social media uprising. Yeah. I, 
I was talking to him and he had this notion that a lot of, cause I know they kind of dived a little bit into, and I saw your TikTok and it was hilarious because I thought the same thing where they were mm-hmm. addressing the Kim in Paris issue yeah. and she, you know, she was handling it very in what I would think is politically correct. She didn't really go into the actual issue, but kind of through what I thought were hints. And then Courtney kind of jumped in and, and actually like made it, uh, um, a known thing and repeated exactly what that infamous interview that Paris gave back in the day. But I think what it came down to was, and I don't know if you think this, but do you think that Paris had any inclination that Kim Mm -hmm. would ever a get to a point where she could stand on her own in terms of the limelight paparazzi and all that um, backdrop? Or do you think that she just ultimately thought she was just going to be another one of those girls that was famous for a period, but she would kind of have more longevity because she was who she was and rightfully so. But it just felt like at that time, people were also really shocked. And I can imagine Paris also taking a step back, which I think Kim kind of threw out there a little bit when she said Paris was like, what's going on? Cause it was almost like, wait a minute, were you, cause it just seems like the whole strategy kind of, was a blueprint that Paris had already done, whether she did it um, consciously or it kind of brewed into what that was. But it seems like Kris Jenner and Kim, because I mean, I feel like they're the powerhouses behind all of this. I feel like there was some inspiration behind the fame without having the name. Like Hilton was easy because it was like, obviously got her in the door. She could then take it from there. Whereas the Kardashians really had to kind of reprove themselves in who they were and all this stuff. So I wonder if the introduction to Kim in the sex tape played a big part in their breakdown. Because I don't know if Paris really cared as much that Par- that Kim got all the fame. Because honestly, I don't really think it bothers her because she's pretty seems pretty confident and, and sustainable in her own right. But do you think that they maybe kind of stole the idea? behind that to kind of um, leverage the show because it kind of played up until the point of when they're, they're keeping up with the Kardashian show was going to air on E. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I think my, my suspicion is that they were shooting for Paris level fame and a Paris kind of presence in Mm -hmm. the landscape. Um, and I actually do believe that they didn't know it could balloon this much. And then when they realized, I wonder, I actually don't know at what point it hit them. Like, oh, this could be so much more. And we're going to just like rocket that in that direction. I think that they were certainly hoping and shooting for almost like a, not a Paris replacement, but that level. Because at that time, that was the pinnacle of fame in the context it was at that time. It was tabloid paparazzi and then the emergence of reality TV. Um, and so that's why I think social media was vital for Kim and is why Kim exploded because then she was present in a, in a really like, um, she was present in a notable way in every medium. And that's where she really like multiplied. Yeah, no, I, that's exactly the thing I think that kind of held Paris back. I think was yeah. that she didn't yes. as innovative as she is and yeah. by all means necessary, she's a smart girl, yes. but for some reason, it's almost like Paris got stuck in her MySpace time capsule. Right. And then 
everyone, I think, on on the Kardashian side was like just trying these innovations mm-hmm. because it was all part of the package. Like you're on a show, you should totally get on Twitter, yeah. you know, or my, you know, Instagram is is new. You should try that out. And I think, and I think Kim has talked about this in many of her interviews, is that a big part of her success came from social media. So I think that kind of you know, Chris called it the perfect storm. I, I agree with that. I don't think that if a family tried to do what they did today, that it would work the same way unless there was new innovations that we had no idea about that would become a new perfect storm, so to speak. So right. like that perfect storm energized them and like amplified them because it all seemed to happen almost at once. Now there could be a family that's on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube and doing like the rounds, but it's not as explosive because the excitement around social media isn't quite, it's more normalized now, but Kim came up as it was all coming up. And I think to your point, I think innovation is a great word. I think Paris was so kind of comfortable with what she had made and where she was. Mm-hmm. She might the same way she was comfortable making fun of Kim's body on Howard Stern. I don't think she thought that Kim really could do it. And so I think maybe she also didn't think she had to do that hustle and innovate and get active on every platform and be present because it was sort of like, well, I've been I've been running things. This has been going so well. The tabloids love me. It's fine. But then there was that extra hustle in Kim, I think that, and I don't tend, I tend not to talk about the Paris Hilton stuff because I, I used to not, because I was sort of like, oh, I do a lot of work around Kim Kardashian. I take a lot of pride in keeping a fair distance. I don't want to become like an anti-Paris pro Kim person. I've been coming out a little more with my actual stance lately, but I do think from a critical distance still, that probably is what happened is that Kim had a little more hustle in her. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think for a family that was striving so hard to get notoriety, whereas Mm -hmm. I think it came so easily for Paris, she wasn't as hungry, right? So I feel like with Kim, it was just like, okay, so what's next? What do I have to do to stay relevant? Because I don't want to lose this like whole game, you know, I don't want to get too comfortable. And I feel like she and the whole family have kind of pushed towards that marker as being like, somehow always in the headlines. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it was one of your TikToks where you're like, they got to a point where people were so like, could not get away from the Kardashians because they were literally encompassing every entity of media that you could think of. Um, What I thought was interesting in the, so, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but in the beginning of the first reunion, Andy kind of starts off by saying, now there's, you guys didn't give me any rules for the questions. We're not holding back today. You know, the whole, the whole gender, but do you really think that specifically within this reunion, do you think that it was all hands off in terms of what could be asked? Or do you think that people kind of prepped themselves with the obvious questions? Because obviously a lot of them knew a lot of those questions were going to come just because. But I wonder, A, do you think Andy could have asked more, like, questions that he knows that people either claim about them or he could have pushed harder just because I know Andy and how he is with housewives. And this is why I was a little confused at how this would go because they're not housewives, but I do appreciate the aesthetic behind doing a reunion. I kind of wish they would have done it in more parts just for like 14 seasons to try to. Yes. Agreed. I, I wonder if you think that maybe that was a little bit of a, 
I don't know, not phony, but like just professionalism, if you will, like just to kind of put it out there, like, hey, they were very open about questions. This is not going to be one of those where they send us the questions and we read them out loud kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I I tend to view the Bravo programming and like not in a bad way. There is so much I don't know and understand about the excitement around Real Housewives. Like so many of my followers love it and it has to do with that reality TV fascination. But for me, it's a little too... What fascinates me about the Kardashians is this really precise balance they strike between authenticity and staged. Um, and there's this like weird... Tenue, I don't know. I just like to be in that space between it with them. Um, so to me, this was going to be a pseudo event, which I talk about sometimes on the account. Pseudo events are like structured events, kind of thought up by people that really understand and have power in media um, to the end game. It's not about the experience itself in real time, it's really about the end game, which is us doing a podcast, a TikTok about it, a hashtag about it, that kind of thing. It's, mm-hmm. So it is a manipulation of the media. Um, doesn't mean they're not fun to watch and analyze still, but that that's sort of how I view the um, kind of Andy Cohen reunions in general. So when he said, you know, this is totally off the cuff, nothing's off limits. I'm, I'm not uh, upset by it, but I'm like amused by it. And I think it indicates where we are as a society that that kind of statement creates hype. So mm-hmm answer your question no I think that Andy Cohen and Chris Jenner probably like that's fun fantasy to be a fly in the wall for like just picturing that meeting that prep that convo that like exchange of like they've got these like visions and these aesthetics and these strategies and it was probably an an amazing beautiful exchange of, of visions of how this thing should go I think it was planned for sure I agree. I actually, um, there was a part in the beginning of the reunion where Andy goes in to talk to Kim and they do this whole exchange of like, oh my gosh, she's so nervous. And in my mind, I'm like, you know what, this is great for TV because it's setting it up to be like, oh, what is he going to ask? You know, all this stuff. But in my mind, it's like everyone knows the assignment. And I think this is the perfect situation where you have an entire family who, to your point, it their show does differ than like the housewives because I also talk and recap a lot of housewives stuff on this on this podcast. But I'm a reality TV like person, and a lot of it is not so much for the payoff of like the reality TV. I like knowing about the fourth wall being broken. I love when they go into the scenes, like the iconic scene where. Uh, I think they did this twice, actually, where Kim's getting ready for her interviews and the Tristan news breaks. And you see that, oh, we've, we're filming, yes. but we're not filming. It's like you're a fly on this wall today mm-hmm. and you've lucked out because we're having phone conversations. So like that stuff gets my goat going. And I think in another life or in this life, at some point, I will be part of production for some type of thing. Because there's just something interesting about pulling that narrative together and they seem to do it, but not only just do it for a season, they 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 continue the storyline and they they try to evolve it, yep. like every individual. So yes, it ebbs and flows and, and some seasons it's more about, you know, Chloe's drama or it's Courtney not wanting to film the show or, but I still feel like they take a good hand and maybe that's because they have had the same people from day one that have been there to orchestrate it. But I think that's also for a purpose as well. Yes. Like, I feel like it was purposeful that they keep the same 
producers and, you know, the people that film and all that stuff, because I think it kind of gives them more authenticity, even though, I mean, I like to have fun with it. I know that a lot of the stuff that they do and like the dramatic questions where they're kind of like seemingly uncomfortable, it's just almost like you guys have had conference calls probably discussing what appropriate answers would be, what appropriate questions would be. So it is interesting because it, it seems like they've always toggled between, you know, this lifestyle now that kind of ballooned for them as the viewers watched. Yeah. And I feel like they, they know that. So they've kind of kept the authenticity layer of the show still like with, you know, a lot of filming at each other's houses to kind of keep that, okay, if we're going to be in big houses, at least let us be in the house. So it looks like we are homebodies or we have these conversations. We're not always at a restaurant or some like party. So I thought that part was interesting. I also wanted to get your thought on the, the Jenner sisters, because I, I don't know about you, but I felt like they kind of took a back seat during the reunion for what it's worth like I feel like they didn't get put on the line for a lot of the stuff that they could have yeah so I didn't know what you thought if that was purposeful or do you think that that was just like they were just tagging along like they kind of did for this whole like show (laughs) yes no I will totally address that to address one other thing you said there one thing that's interesting just a note um when the show the reality show began they were in restaurants all the time they were doing these obvious product placement moments with whatever their you know big gimmick or to do of the episode was and you're right, as this the show progressed, they became more homebodies, more inside the house. Um, just it's really like the Kardashians in full makeup sitting around their fancy couches, just eating salads and processing. And I think the reason that is, is because they became so big that their endorsements and their product placements were much more um, expensive and profitable. So they needed to do less of the actual product placement. And it's more like, I'm going to go to Paris and get fitted for whatever, you know, amazing designer. So mm-hmm. it actually also there, the more inward they became, the more it indicated their success and the fact that their endorsements were seamed in more naturally and were usually bigger and, and better. Um, so just a thought that reminded me of that theory I have. Um, and then, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? No, I agree. I think a lot of it is, I feel like everything is, is business. So like, I look at this whole thing as like, this was a real job for them. So I think for a lot of people, they still get stuck. And I don't mean to say it like other people just don't get the assignment, but I think the, those of us that are so in tune to like, what's going on in terms of like, there's a fourth wall, there's, they didn't just wake up right? and like, cameras were there. It's like this is scheduled. There's a sit down before each season to discuss what they're willing to put out. And so, yeah, I do think the whole thing was a huge marketing machine, but I think as it got bigger, I think they did a lot of that behind the scenes because they, they had more money on the table and there was no, no room for error. Um, as we saw like in earlier seasons where you see them struggling in some deals or like, I don't know why we're doing this or complaining about stuff or Chris getting on them. Like you need to head to the event. We said we were going to do it and like showing that work ethic. Right. So pounding out all these strong things and then getting to where we were now where it's like, okay, we're, we're just going to hang out in Calabasas and we're going to talk about everything behind our own walls. Um, but still sell you without selling you. So I, and to me, I always think that that's brilliant because 
when you don't feel like you're being sold to and you just subconsciously find yourself buying stuff that you yeah. know maybe equates to a lifestyle that you saw on the show, you immediately, you feel like you've got one up. Yes. Like you're in the know, right? Because I, and I remember this happened to me a couple months ago. I went into GNC to get some supplements and I saw Khloe Kardashian's Dose & Co. Oh, right. on the shelves there. And I was like, oh, wow, you guys carry Dose & Co. That's Khloe Kardashian's like newest uh, business venture. And, and a guy was like, who's that? And I was like, oh my God, I'm buying two of these just because I automatically feel like... <laughs> I automatically feel much better than you. But um, it it was it was funny. But no, so but yes, subconsciously I feel like they sell us an image, a lifestyle that I think everyone tries to implement in some way, whether they want to admit it or not. Um the 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 glam, all of that I think was a big constituent of them being so open about the getting getting ready process, which I think no one really cared about before. I mean, they did, but more as like a, I'm getting dressed. But this was like, we would see full scenes with them just getting glam and then not actually going anywhere. So yeah, you're so all these things I feel like kind of added to the the storyline for them. Do you, do you think that the reunion that they did for the show was something that is kind of giving them the closure of closing the chapter of keeping up so that they can move on to their, cause I'm still not sure what they're going to be doing on Hulu in terms of like, I know they'll be doing shows, but I don't know. And I don't think it'll be to the extent of keeping up, mm-hmm. but do you think it was kind of also a way of closing out any of these like bigger questions that people probably inundate them with yeah. in the media and on social do you think it was a way for them to close that chapter so they could kind of have a fresh start and, and continue the innovation of what they will become? I was having that thought while watching. I've only seen part one myself as well. Um, and I had the feeling that it was a attempt at not only like, because it wasn't salacious, like you said, the way these events sometimes go, it was still a continuation of the Kardashian vibe to some extent. Um, they seemed a little out of place in some ways. They still seemed like a little nervous on the couch. I'm not going to lie. At first, I thought that was fake hype, but they did. It was out of their element a little. Um, but it was, I think, a, a, a comprehensive Q&A for unfinished storylines, tying up those loose ends so that whatever is to come in Hulu, perhaps there will be, I'm guessing there will be more boundaries. And it might be more like, I don't know, maybe not a Chloe workout show, but something more along the lines of their previous spinoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe Kim, well, Kim's lost stuff will probably be documented somehow. And there will be a mentorship element, I'm sure, with someone and someone else. So, yes, I think that you're right. I think it was closure in a way to prep for the next phase. It's so interesting, too, um, the way that they went into the whole Kanye thing. Yeah. Even on the show, and I I kind of figured they weren't, like, Kim wasn't going to go into the details of why. Yeah. But I also thought she kind of did it in a way where it was just, it left it with more questions mm-hmm. because she said there was just a lot of difference in opinions. And so people are left feeling like, well, what does that mean? Was it just right. difference of opinions on mental health? Is it the children? Is it the lifestyle? Is it, what is it? Politics, yeah. 
you know, because there was a lot of other things swirling around about Kanye and just some things that, you know, he was going through with the family. And obviously we were around to see all the nasty tweets and and things that he'd gone in on the family when he was having his like moments. So it was just very interesting that she kind of, and always I feel like holds people in high regard. And I understand that she understands her children are going to be watching this at some point. So she's not going to defame their father in any way. So I kind of thought that was interesting, but I do feel like there's a lot more to that story that we probably can't even perceive as being real, just based on like who Kanye is in the media. I can only imagine what he must've been like in close proximity or on phone calls. Cause I think there was one episode where she said, you know, we're not fighting right now. So it's great. It's like, like imagine his like Twitter storm, but being directed just at you and you're like, do you know what I mean? So I feel like that was probably tough, but I almost feel like they didn't, they didn't talk about it enough. Like they, I would have, I would have loved to know, okay, I don't need to know why you got divorced, but like, what was the final straw for you? Oh yeah. You know, like that would have been pivotal, I think for her, but she obviously didn't go there, but like. Do you think there was a moment or do you think Kim just kind of looked at it? And do you think the brand had a lot to do with the decision? Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think that that plays a factor with them still? It's interesting. Um, Well, so the reason I thought her, the actual words of her statement on it were very political, very diplomatic, and they were vague and left more questions than answers because there's probably so much more brewing with the divorce itself. I think there was awareness of the kids will one day, I think for all of them, especially in this final season, there was a new awareness and a weight of one day our kids are going to watch this. I think that's finally hitting them. That's mm-hmm. a set shot out of season 20 in general, which is also why I have developed over the past year, more boundaries around talking about the kids than I used to. I used to like take the bait and kind of like speculate, but I never liked how it felt. And now I'm kind of like, wait, no, we just don't have to talk about the kids in depth. I don't mind talking about it casually. Um, so there's that facet of it. But I also think the um, political nature of her answer was whatever is brewing with the legality of the divorce and whatever battles they have ahead. Like someone I was talking to recently pointed out, Kanye's been more quiet than we ever see Kanye. And their lives are like in an upheaval right now. Their marriage is ending. And Kanye is not tweeting. So whatever is going on, like whatever lawyer is advising him, like keep your mouth shut. Even Kanye is keeping his mouth shut. Like I believe it's about the kids still in custody and whatever's ahead, but rich people's divorces get ugly and and wild. And this, there's going to be a lot of effort for both of them to keep it private uh, with this. So I'm not surprised she didn't go into it or give us much. There's, there is a lot brewing between them, I'm sure. Um, and as far as the brand, I don't, all these endings at once are pretty interesting. It's like the end of a massive cycle for them, you know, and I think we're all wondering what Kim's aesthetic and what her brand will be after Kanye. We don't know who Kim is after Kanye. Kim was at her best with Kanye. Um, so I think they're probably figuring that out too themselves. I was thinking, um, about that, this like style and who Kim presents herself as peaked when she got with Kanye um, because he kind of pulled her out of that time capsule that she could have stayed in with Paris, you know, in terms of that, like, 
yep. pink and like bedazzled this and, and all that. He kind of elevated her to the point where these big, big designers who probably wouldn't have blinked an eye at her before, mm-hmm. like flying her out literally. But then it was interesting because it's like, okay, so now what does that look like? What do you want to do, Kim? Like, I almost want to be like, well, how do you feel like presenting? Because obviously I'm sure she's learned a lot through the process of being yeah. with someone like Kanye and her eyes changed, you know, yeah. the way she looks at things aesthetically is going to change. But it's quite different, I believe, when you're no longer with someone who's going to hold that aesthetic accountable to you. Right. And you can say, I wholeheartedly want to take this direction aesthetically or whether it's a business opportunity or how she does it. But I do, I do think that that's going to probably be, if it's not already figured out, it's being figured out. (laughs) I just see her sitting in a room with people being like, what am I wearing next year? What is the, like, what is something that's going to be on trend that I can pick up on? Because I don't think she has that in her ear anymore with Kanye. And everyone's looking and waiting and, and watching to see what it will be. And I think they're going to do something like lawyerly, professionally influenced or inspired. It's like, she's going to like Elwood style, like <laughs> make, make fashionable an entire like industry and discipline and study of like our country. Um, I think that it will be like lawyer chic probably. I mean, I was saying this is like the Republicans worst nightmare is having mm-hmm. like a real life Elwood's getting into like law and all that fun stuff because I do see her I mean she's definitely a smart girl so Mm -hmm. like that is off the table for me like when people I mean if you don't like them as a family that's fine it's not everyone's cup of tea but at the end of the day you can't look at that entire family and be like you guys are just nuts and don't know what you're doing and that you're just lucky that you got this far because I don't think that they could have gotten this far. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think even though Chris denies on the reunion that she didn't have a hand in leaking things, I do think that, no, do I think Chris Jenner was calling the tabloids? No, but I think she employed someone who was specifically a leaker. Oh, yeah. An inside source, right? Because that's that's close to home. You can control the narrative through the media and mm-hmm. the media will eat it up. And she knew that. So I think they gave themselves storylines for the season ahead. So they kind of protected themselves. I mean, in my opinion, I feel like they created a lot of those storylines to protect what maybe was really going on. Yes. Because some of the stuff, yes, it seems like a lot to have to share, but to them, that's business. Like they, they, they signed up for this a long time ago. So at no point, like even with the Lamar situation, when Chloe was, going to see him, they were like, wow, you guys are going to film that for the show. That's so not, you know, cool. And they Mm -hmm. kind of left it at like, they didn't film within the grounds of the hospital, but they still talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. They even brought Lamar on for like an episode or two showing Chloe, Mm -hmm. getting him a house, getting him back on his feet and stuff. But I almost feel like they, as much as she probably cares about him, I think she latched onto that because it was an easy storyline. Mm-hmm. And it was something that they could kind of push through and create great TV, but not get in depth with maybe what was really happening. Because I feel like they have a lot of stuff personally that they would never talk about on the show, like yeah. real, real stuff, which is, I'm sure, a lot of reality shows, but specifically this family. Do you yeah. think that like they they used that as a strategy starting at some point? Because I don't think they knew it in the beginning, but like 
do you feel like they they drove the narrative for the show a little bit through the media? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there are, I think, to speak to something you said, building towards this question, there are deeper dynamics for them that they do hold closer to themselves. And then they'll use sort of the activity and the high drama of the actual situations to kind of be in that more, present that more. And it's, and it's not like you said, some, at some point they figured out how it works. They figured out they were, I think they were kind of just being themselves and kind of performing for the cameras in the first few seasons, like a, you know, silly family on a reality show would. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a real charm to their personalities and how they fit together. So there was that balance of performativity, but something kind of charming and real because that was the power of having a bunch of sisters, like sisters just bring that out. Yeah. Um, then they figured out what was working, how to feed the media, how to feed the public. And so there are there are ways that this is why I'm like always kind of like reluctant to fully psychoanalyze them. There's things we just kind of don't know that maybe we can surmise from certain reactions they have to their drama. But like I remember when there was fighting between Kim and Chloe, when Kim was unhappy with the Chris Humphrey situation, they were like all living in a hotel. I mean, it's like actually such a claustrophobic like spinoff if you think about it like they were in this hotel and Scott and Courtney had a kid and yeah Chris and Kim were so mismatched um and Kim snapped at Chloe there was a really bad fight between them that felt real quote-unquote like it was one of those interesting like is a real or stage things um and Chloe was recounting the fight to Courtney I think and she said Kim said that I was jealous of her and I'm not I'm happy with my own thing but I saw something flicker across Chloe's face when she said this, when she said the word jealous, that Kim had accused Chloe of being jealous. And I think we all talk like kind of openly about that possibility or that dynamic between them. But there was a sense of a realness, a seed of truth to the way she named it and then tried to brush it off that felt incredibly vulnerable. And Chloe doesn't usually, that's, there's a lot of richness in that dynamic that is like relatable. It's really painful. It's, it's actual drama in a way. Yeah. But they go there because that's too pure and too close. And so they, I think they do find a balance of the inside feelings and then the just wild activity of relationship dynamics that their lives bring them. That's so interesting that you say that. Cause I've felt that way a lot about how they interact with each other on the show. I feel like they, they'll take something that's close to them and they'll give us 5% of it in a different way. Like they'll, you know, and I'm not saying that that fight wasn't real, but there are times where I feel like because they're so in it to win it, that they get the assignment, right? So like if they were to meet meet up for something and say, we're going to discuss this, but like really go at, because I can just see them, like I can see Kim being like, Chloe, like really go at me about it though. Like don't hold back, you know, and vice versa. And I think they play, they skate on like what's close to their heart, but then they, yeah, they amp it up for like in a different way. Like they'll, you know, create a fight that is seemingly superficial or like Kim saying, Oh, you're just jealous of my life because that's something that a sibling would say to another sibling in, in certain situations. So it's relatable still, but yes, I do agree. I feel like there is a lot of that where they, they, they guard a lot of their close vulnerabilities and they don't let that come through. And I think a lot of that was Courtney too. I think Courtney was really good about protecting her 
sphere, mm-hmm. if you will. And I think, you know, it was interesting because they, they did bring it up, although they didn't go into it too much. They like, they kind of got on Courtney and, and it was kind of clear that, you know, she was kind of one of the main components to the show ending is I think she finally got to a stage in her life where she probably, she, I think she got a little judgy of them mm-hmm. is what I've gathered mm-hmm. from watching a couple seasons where she's gone, like the infamous her, Courtney and Kim actual physical altercation, yeah. which I believe to have been real. Yes. There was something in that that moment that it would, this is not, this is, this is now skated off the like reality TV, like scene that we were supposed to shoot. Cause there was just something in Courtney that you could just sense it had gone too far. Yeah. And from that point, I've always kind of looked at all of them a little bit differently just because there was so much said that day. To both of them, to Chloe and and to Kim. So I, I just feel like even with the Tristan stuff and like Chloe's like clear insecurities with like they didn't bring up the picture of how. She, do you remember the picture that MJ accidentally leaked that she was suing everyone to get taken down? They didn't go into that question. Which see to me, I would have wanted to know her reasoning behind that photo being taken down. Like what was so bad about it? Yeah. That you needed to go to that great length to get it off. And then also I wish Caitlyn Jenner had, had been on there because to be quite honest, I believe they wouldn't have had the shot if it weren't for Bruce Jenner to begin with, because that was kind of what the sell was, you know, yeah. it was like family of Bruce Jenner, the Olympic yeah. athlete. And then obviously it turned into a different machine, but it was kind of sad that they didn't bring her on to kind of close it out, you know? Cause it's Absolutely. And I think it's an integral part of why they are who they are. Such a not on it. And in season 20, the most closure we got with Caitlin was like a quick birthday party scene. And then Caitlin speaking on the end of it on like a FaceTime. Like my guess is things are even more awkward with Caitlin than, than we know. And Caitlin probably was down to like make those appearances because she knew she would be running for governor. So it would be advantageous to be somewhat present and, and look, you know, uh, gracious. Yeah. But I bet things are not that positive between them. What did you think about, I don't know. And I think this was in the second part, but I mean, what did you take away from the Scott and Courtney? What do you, th- do you think that the family will continue to be as close to him? Do you think now that the show's ending where they don't actually have to be around each other for stuff? I couldn't tell. I was in that tenuous line with real and staged on that one because his concern through season 20 about when this ends, we won't have as much reason to be around each other. We won't be filming. It really also that emphasis on the filming, bringing them together, put emphasis on the production again in this interesting, like behind the curtain kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I believe Scott and Courtney are very present parents that. I, I don't I don't really have reason to know this, but I feel like they don't rely as much on nannies and whatever the system is for the Kardashians with their kids. Like they seem really into being parents together. So I believe their co-parenting, you know, image that they put out to the world. Um, and I'm kind of like, okay, you're such active co-parents. You're going to be together all the time with your kids, right? So I don't know. He Maybe he'll be around Courtney and the kids a lot still, but... I think he loves being around the whole family and like, I think he loves being kind of like 
embraced by the family because he's kind of alone in the world, really. I mean, Scott's story is a sad story. It's a tough story. So it's heartbreaking, actually, because he lost both of his parents, I think, within like a year or something. And they were filming and he was during filming. And then he was really like and that's where Scott's played an interesting role in the show in general, because his drinking problem and how he would handle it when he was too drunk in this Jekyll and Hyde sort of way. He was so he's so funny and poised and charismatic and dynamic when he's sober and thriving. And he's so useful and valuable to the show and moving the plots along and, and like, you know, unifying the sisters. He's got something special with each of them. Um, but when he was drunk, he would just bust it all open. Like whatever construct or scene they had in mind, you could tell he was actually fucking it up. And then it created realness that I think kept them compelling and captivating. So he was still MVP in that way, but it was like, wow, he signed off on certain things being included that were wild to me like and then he came back to film more like being flung over the shoulder of a security guard so drunk looking so sick that's not like real average reality tv drama that's pretty fucking raw no and that's a good point i Mm -hmm. um i was thinking too and then um this will be the last part of our seven because i don't want to hold you up too much longer but i have to like i have to know and i'm still trying to sort this out because it's never been really discussed on the show but they did bring it up slightly, I think, in the second part of the reunion, but the whole Rob and Black China situation was not really addressed. And I understand that there's a lot of like legal issues going on between China and the family. Yeah. But I wonder, because this is what I do, I just wonder like what is what is it that you think Rob really had issues with? Because I've always looked at it like he's kind of been resentful towards his sisters a little bit as the show kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think they kind of used him as a storyline in some ways. Like there was one season where it was like clear he needed to get help. He was like living at Chloe's house and she's like begging and pleading with him. Mm-hmm. but then he just kind of drops off because he doesn't want to be a part of it at all, which understandably so he doesn't have to, but I just wonder what, what your thoughts are on that. Like the mm-hmm. black China entering or re-entering rather, because she was already Kim's friend beforehand. And then how that all intertwined. Do you think the family had a hand in kind of trying to remove her from the picture completely or do you think it was just the two of them were so toxic to each other that they kind of pulled the plug on it because they both know that Rob's not really able to handle things like that in a sensible way like you know what I mean like I feel like he goes off the handle a lot more than they do yes so I think Black China was a variable that they knew they would have to prepare for um and they probably didn't know exactly where it could go what would happen legally or or what was going on with it besides that they probably didn't believe rob could actually handle it and you could see them striking a balance and how they they were kind of resistant but then like kind of performed an openness for his benefit about it and there's a lot of i think i missed a lot of those episodes because i've been stuck at season 13 as i kind of famously share because paris episode just there's too much to say and then i jumped to 20 so there's things i've known and picked up and like there's one moment 
whenever Black China was around, forgot what season, I have it saved like in my many folders of Kardashian clips on my desktop. Where Black China is just saying something. They're out to dinner. And I wish I could remember what she was talking about. It was relatively innocuous if I remember right, but maybe she was being misheard or she used a word or something. And the camera flashes to Chris looking at her. And there's just so much in that look. It's like a powerful devil works hard, Chris Jenner works harder look, expression. And she wanted Black China to see it. These like, this just flash in her eyes was so intense. I guess I do a lot of interpretation of their nonverbal cues, actually, now that I think about it as we talk about this, which is the first time I've realized that. Um, so as far as Rob goes in general, I there's struggles, what we talked about earlier, within them that they do cover and hide well. Like, for example, Scott was labeled an alcoholic and Scott's narrative through the show has been like Scott battles demons with drinking. Scott was probably on Coke and all other kind of whatever other drugs. Like it wasn't just drinking, it was powder too of whatever form, you know? And mm-hmm. we kind of know it implicitly, but we don't think about it or name it. And we just like accept like Scott has a drinking problem. That's the problem. Um Rob probably has his own version of that. I think there's a deep depression there, very, you know, and I think they name that and it's the heart of the truth. But the same way we know the heart of the truth is that Scott is traumatized by grief and whatever else. Um, but no, there's a lot going on with Rob and maybe he removed himself. It's also quite possible. There's been times where he's wanted to be involved or feel close to them again and be there. And they were kind of like, you know what, we're going to finish strong without you. I actually wonder if he feels left out, to be honest. I, I, that's a good point. I've always kind of felt that. I feel yeah. like he was kind of left out at yeah. a certain point. Cause it was like, well, what do we do with him? Right branding wise we can't market him the same way so let's give him some socks right yeah, like, he's like and, and not to say that it's not a business but it's just weird when you see the girls going on private jets to go do tanning lotion but he's getting like socks and okay neiman's will carry it online only and good for you rob you're doing amazing sweetie and like it's just <laughs> like that type of like vibe that i almost am like he probably woke up one day and was just like screw all of you like i'm not even gonna like I'm going to make this so bad for all of you. Like I'm going to troll you on Instagram. Um, But I think the whole, um, and then we'll close because I understand like we've been talking about this for over an hour, but like, and we could talk, I could literally talk about this the entire day. So you will have to come back on. We'll have to do an actual deep dive on something that you choose. Cause I love your content so much. Um, But it, if everything kind of worked itself out in a perfect storm, what do you envision the next, like for Hulu, like what ultimately do you think that their, their end game is? Is it, do you think it's to always be on TV in some sort of way? Or do you think eventually they want to get to a point where they're just so powerful and so influential that they don't actually have to be on TV anymore? Great question. I mean, that crossed my mind with the announcement at the end of the show of my first instinct was like, they're not going anywhere. They're going to redefine themselves now. Um, but then it kind of, the way they were steering the episodes of season 20 of Chloe really wants more privacy. Kim clearly is already establishing her more privacy. And I was kind of like, wait, maybe they're done. Maybe they are smart enough to know their timing. They, they've always been smart. 
maybe they know better than to quote unquote, jump the shark. I don't know if it's possible to jump a shark when you're documenting your lives and how can a life jump the shark? I mean, I guess it can, there's a whole debate there, I'm sure. But then I was like, maybe they are just, they've proven they're smart. Maybe they're smart enough to know when to quit while they're ahead. Um, I do see individualized brands happening in different ways of reaching us still. Like I see blogs and YouTube and whatever's ahead with Hulu. Um, but it occurred to me while we were talking, even like sharing so much of yourself is a very like useful thing to do. Like I was going through all my old published writing last night, actually, just to make sure I can stand by some of it still. And I do for the most part, there's certain things that I just cringe though. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I was mean and I was a bad writer, I guess. And like what, um, and it's true. They're all the, the headliners of the family are in their forties. Maybe they see it as a little immature to be like riding a reality show, you know, into their forties. It could just be, they're being smart about timing. And I don't know what comes after that. Yeah. And I agree. I think a lot of it too, is they've gotten older. And so yeah. they're just kind of like, I mean, how old are we? We're going to still be like doing these like cat fights on TV oh, with yeah. each other. Like we've done that for a long time. So maybe to your point, I think it might be that they're they're still going to be on TV, but they're they're going to be telling different types of stories. I don't think that necessarily they will be the forefront of it, but I do yeah. definitely think that they'll be a part of things and yeah. they'll individually kind of do things that they are interested in now that they kind of have that full grasp yeah. and power to do so. So I think it'll be interesting, especially because they do have they each have something going on. So I can't imagine. The only thing is I think the Jenner sisters, I think they will, my theory is they'll, they'll be fine to go off and not be relevant in the media, but they'll, yeah. when they pop up, it'll be that much more of a bigger deal. Cause yeah. it was just like, especially with Kylie, cause I feel like she's wanting nothing. Like she was forced to come to this. Yes. Like she, you almost feel like Chris was like, you have to do it. Yes. Like, both of you have to do it. Like, I don't care if you don't want to do it. You just You're sit there it. and you play along because that's kind of what they did. They kind of just, yeah. I mean, Kylie didn't say much, but I think Kylie also was a little drunk when she sat down. Yeah. Um, and also last point, interesting that they pushed um, the tequila. Oh my God. So, so much within so the first 30 seconds. Like, wow. Yeah. Like literally in the first five minutes, like shameless, shameless, shameless. That's how we know that there were prep meetings with Andy Cohen. Like, Totally. We'll do your live thing if we can push these things. And I think Kylie came off as the most natural. They also laid off on her the most. They 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 did easy targets like talking to Chris about Chris or Kim about Chris Humphreys, talking to Kylie about Tyga, these relationships that they've clearly processed and it's and actually are very, very old news. So that was interesting misdirection. And then one thing that hit me while we're talking also, this is like a burgeoning theory that maybe I'll be taking outside of this podcast is um they could be following maybe the older sisters at least i agree with you about the younger ones the jenners are just going to pop up and there will be power every time they do but i wonder if the kardashians are going to take it full circle kind of the way courtney is courtney might be leading the charge on what their model of fame will be after the show like what's happening with courtney she's all over social media with her new boyfriend and there's a lot of paparazzi photos that feel authentic people actually care what she's up to it could be that they take it full circle back to a paparazzi tabloid model of what are they up to now out in the world? You know what I mean? Like almost like an in the wild sort of way of being present. 
Yeah, I, I and that is that is a good point because I kind of I'm in that I'm kind of ready for that I think a yes. little bit. They've been so yeah. overexposed that I kind of want to like figure it out by looking at pictures like what's yes. going on there. You remember back in the day when you'd have to go buy the magazines yes. to just keep up with pictures that were taken just a week ago, you know? Yes. And now we have the internet. So it's like there is no waiting. You don't like as soon as yeah. the picture's taken it's released. So it's like but if you don't have a show to have to explain these yeah. situations, it kind of leaves things to an open mind. MJ, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really enjoyed having you. And I feel like um, next time we absolutely need to do a deep dive. And I want you to kind of like, just take us through like your content, but like for like 45 minutes, because I, I like, honestly, I'm going to like, go back and check on because I know you have updates on your views for the recaps for the oh, reunion. Yeah. So are you going to do recaps for the part two as well? Or are you for sure? For sure. I, can't, I can't like consume their media without breaking it down. So through the entire season 20, I was like, Oh, fuck, it's another show, another week, another week. Cause I was doing recaps on my Instagram. They were so much work. Um, I just realized too. And then I'll, and then we can wrap up. I was watching it on Peacock cause they like forced the Peacock download to watch it. But I didn't know you could just buy it on Amazon. Honestly, I would have just bought the show on Amazon and watched it that way because with Peacock, they somehow know when you're cutting screen grabs or QuickTime clips. Because on my Instagram, I used to like break things down by just making QuickTime clips. But yeah. This is the dystopia of like media now. Um, they would like lock up the show and not play if they knew you were filming. So it was so much work because I had to take screenshots and then they would even caption it weird when you took the screenshot. So I'd have to write in the new captions. It took hours to do my re- caps all of season 20 but I can't help it I have to express my opinions about it I wish there was a way that they would allow that without us looking like we're just trying to screen grab for our own entertainment because obviously who's going to screen grab like 30 minute episodes every week and try to like put I mean I guess there are people that will but um no I think it's fantastic and I like I said like I I love the direction and the like the lens that you come at it with because you're bringing it to a higher level in terms of like this is a real business and so like I'm learning from you because like honestly like I eat the stuff up so like like I said when your page came up I was like okay she's like my new friend in my head because like she's saying all these things that I think but are too deep for other people that watch the show because like if I talked about this with my other friends they'd be like okay you're going down a rabbit hole that's too deep like I enjoy you very much. So I really appreciate you coming on and talking about it. And I hope that we can do this again very soon. I know you're super busy, but tell everybody where they can find you on the socials. Yes. On Instagram, Kardashian underscore colloquium with a K. Same thing on TikTok. Um, I will be making a video essay and we're filming my sister and I, who's my sister's a video producer. We're going to film in Vegas at the end of July probably have the video essay up by end of summer on probably YouTube. Um, So there'll be expansion. And I'm also working on a top secret long form written project, which I guess we'll see where that goes. But um, hopefully, you know, in a bit longer, I can announce what that's about too. Awesome. Well, it was really amazing talking to you and picking your brain today. And I will definitely have to link up with you, like I said, soon. And we'll have to do like a deep dive maybe later in the summer when your essay comes out and we can kind of maybe dive into that. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd love to do that. But um, everyone go follow Kardashian underscore colloquium on uh, TikTok and Instagram. Are you on YouTube? 
not well actually yes i am but not much of a presence but I just not really like you're not posting all the time on there so instagram and tiktok are your main sources and you post pretty much you post everything that you need to know on yes. tiktok and instagram well thank you so much mj for being on my uh, podcast i really appreciate it and i will talk to you very very soon